Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Pot of Their Own. This is episode 120 of A Pot of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Serovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Kellyanne Healy. Hello, Kellyanne. Hello, Allison. Hello, Linda. Hello, Kellyanne. Hello, hello. Um, so this is our first podcast since the season started. So the opening Whee! series is now in the books. Um, the Mets won three out of four. It should have been a four game sweep. It's just, uh, but you know, yeah, no, it should have been a sweep. Sorry. <laughs> should have been a sweep. Should have been a sweep. Um, but they won three out of four. It was still good. Um, you know, there was, there was some fireworks in that, in that first game, uh, in that Ugh. first series. Um, the Nationals yeah. uh, relievers have poor command because the Nationals are not a very good baseball team. Um, and so they hit several Mets with pitches, two of which, you know, well, three of which were actually like, you know, up by the head, two of which actually like made contact with our dudes faces. Um, it wasn't quite a Kevin Pillar situation, thank goodness. Uh, but, you know, Pete got like kind of hit in the mouth um, and Francisco Lindor also kind of got hit in the mouth. Um, and so the Mets obviously were not too pleased with that, <laughs> uh, given the cumulative effect of, I think the four or five hit by pitches total, three of which were head high. Um, you know, if so- looks could kill Buck Showalter would ha- like the entire nationals dugout would have been wiped out. If looks, yes, could kill. yes. I mean, <laughs> oh I think, gosh. I think the summary of Buck Showalter's managing so far has been, you know, 
He's very sassy, but his bullpen management has not been there yet. But uh, I guess we'll, well see. Well, I, I was going to say, but we can say that about every single past manager we've had. So yep. that's nothing new. I wish it would change, but there's no such we'll thing see. as a good My kingdom for a manager with knows how to manage a bullpen. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, and I mean, there have been also like several lineup decisions. I mean, basically the crux of the issue early on um, has been that he's trying to load manage guys, uh, both in the bullpen and, you know, the position players, um, which I understand because it's, it, it was a short spring. So you need a lot of rest for guys early, but like, he's not like spreading it out properly. Instead, he like played Luis Guillorme and Travis Jankowski. Like he started them both in one game, which one should really not do like, Starting one or the other is probably fine to give, like, you know, Not one both. of the outfielders some rest or one of the infielders some rest, but both at the same time, a little eh. And then, like, you know, similarly with the bullpen, the big issue with the one loss against the Nationals was that he was hell bent on using, you know, Trevor Williams in that game because he hadn't been used yet and the other guys had been used too much. So he was like, all right, Trevor Williams, you're getting in this game, but he brought him in in a basically in a like tight situation. Um, and he was not successful. And honestly, it wasn't really Trevor Williams's fault. Trevor Williams didn't pitch that poorly. Um, he, he induced the double play grounder that would have gotten him out of the inning with the game still tied. He came in with the one run lead. Um, but Pete Alonso made a bad defensive play as, as you know, will happen sometimes to everyone. Um, and you know, that lengthened the inning. He bopped two in that inning though, which is not great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he gave up the go ahead single, but even that was like, or the, you know, the go ahead RBI single, but even that was not like super hard contact. But the point is, is that like, you shouldn't be putting a dude who doesn't miss bats like Trevor Williams in, in a situation where you have a one run lead in the late innings. It's just like not yeah. a formula for, for winning. <laughs> well, he'd already um, pushed Chase and Shreve an extra inning too. Yeah, yeah. he did. And he so gave up the lead off hit that inning he did he did yeah ooh, so oh chasing oh no. uh no real muto just chased chasing he struck out excellent, oh. excellent. speaking of chasing <laughs> shreve strike <laughs> speaking of chasing shreve he just you know got out of the end of the sixth inning uh so that's good um but yeah chasing shreve came in the game um earlier um, in the, in the loss against the nationals and, you know, did well to get the, the it, he managed the, like taking out the starter at the appropriate time because Chase and Shreve came in with two outs to face Juan Soto and got Juan Soto out. But then he, Chase and Shreve pitched a whole nother inning scoreless. Good for him. And then he barely the- because Nelson Cruz almost took him deep. Yes. Oof. Nelson, he, he left him in to face the righty Nelson Cruz and Nelson Cruz absolutely rocketed one to the freaking warning track. <laughs> Luckily that stayed in the park. Um, but then he came in to lead off the final, the, the, uh, not the final, the eighth inning. He came in to lead off the eighth inning too, um, because there was a lefty leading off that inning, but he gave up a hit to the lefty. And then Trevor Williams, you have the tying run on base you bring in instead of, you know, bringing in someone like Trevor May, who we'll get to in a minute, or someone else who misses <laughs> bats more often. Like, I know that Trevor May has homer problems. He obviously he gave up the home run to Juan Soto in the game that in the game in the game in that series in which he did appear. But 
like, you know, you need a guy who has a higher strikeout rate than Trevor Williams in that situation. And Trevor Williams just gave up some contact, albeit not that hard, but gave up some contact. And the result was that, you know, the Mets ended up losing that game. Um, also, well, Pete Alonso had been up too. may have been already been up that game. Yes. And may was yeah. warming in the seventh. Um, and so he buck dry humped him, which was not ideal. Um, and then that came back to potentially who knows if that was like the reason, uh, but that obviously came back to bite buck later because Trevor may um, ended up coming out of the game uh, yesterday, which yesterday was even more of a disaster than Sunday. Um, Trevor may ended up coming out of the game because he was, he got injured. Uh, but like, it wasn't Trevor may didn't seem too concerned about it. It was like a, just a kind of like a weird, like biceps tightness, soreness. He says that he experiences it a lot, like later in spring training, but usually he like is able to work through it. And that's just like part of his ramp up process. But, you know, again, short spring training, these guys aren't used to this. And also this was the first time in like two years that Trevor may was asked to pitch more than a full inning. So, uh, you know, that came back to bite, bite, but, but buck in the butt. <laughs> oh my goodness. Say that. Five times <laughs> butt um, in the butt. So buck butt. I think that's what we should call any of, of show alters future goofs, buck butts. <laughs> buck butts. Um, so, yeah, you know, it the first series was, I think, overall a positive, um, even though Sunday's game should have been a W and ended up not being. But I think you could have come out of that series overall feeling like pretty good about the Mets, especially, you know, they pitched really well. Um, the starting pitching did, obviously, you know, uh, Tyler McGill, who pitched really well again tonight as we as we podcast on Tuesday night. Um, in game two of the Philly series, um, Tyler McGill pitched really well on opening day and, um, oh, you know, the, the rotation has done great, uh, yes. so far, uh, obviously we also have another complicating factor in the fact that Tyler, uh, not Tyler McGill, Jesus Christ, Taiwan Walker, <laughs> Taiwan Walker <laughs> came out of the game yesterday, so um, early, which is part of what caused the problem um, yes. yesterday. Oh, yes. Uh, especially Taiwan. when he was cruising. I know oh. he was, he was pitching. He looked really well. so good. He, he looked, looked really so good. good. I was like, Holy crap. He looked really good. So he and may both were in, both came out of the game with injuries in the same game, which was disastrous. In addition to the goings on of the game, which were disastrous. Um, <laughs> and so t- the news on both of them is that Trevor may, as of this moment is not on the injured list. He's just experiencing this, like, you know, like minor biceps, tight soreness strain thing. Um, and Taiwan Walker was diagnosed with shoulder bursitis. So he is, go- he is going on the injured list. Now that's not good. Uh, the only bright side of that is that David Peterson came in in long relief of Taiwan Walker and pitched really well in that game yesterday. Um, and it will obviously be his turn to come up. So in theory, he is the guy that's being penciled in, although Buck has not said for certain that he is making that start that Taiwan Walker will miss. So we'll see. Um, but there were kind of yesterday's game was basically a hot mess on both sides. Oh, <laughs> for different yeah. really, really Whoa. the hottest of messes. <laughs> and I, I saw a tweet that was 
that was like encapsulated it all perfectly, but it was basically like, we, we need science to study how we've reached peak Mets and peak Phillies at like warp speed this season already, <laughs> which is so true. <laughs> um, I really wish it wasn't though. Yeah. Same. I was going to say, no, well, we're not even a week in. We're not even a week in. Wait, 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 wait. Let's a bring blame short spring training, but B maybe we'll get it out of the way early. Let's get it look at it that systems. way. Every time get it out of our systems, maybe because it's like not even a weekend and this is happening. And like yeah, maybe they're going like we're the opposite hard, so. this year. Like maybe they'll be bad in April and then good in June. Yeah, that'd be yes, cool. I, I mean, like in that. theory, DeGrom's coming back. Yeah, I'm that's okay true. with that. I would like not to see a June swoon. That'd be yeah. great. Um, that'd be great. I mean. I don't know. Like, so to, to sort of, uh, break down the hot mess of a game yesterday, um, <laughs> the Phillies hot mess was in the first part of the game and the Mets hot mess was in the latter part of the game. So the, the Phillies hot mess was early on Alec Bohm made three errors in, Oof. in like the span of like two or three innings. It was really rough to watch. Um, and he was seen and like the, the big controversy, which, has become a controversy, but Oops. I guarantee you, if this was a Met, oh my God, the New York media, this would have been like, this would have we'll blown have, up. lose their shit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It would have been so bad. I mean, think about the thumbs down thing. It's basically the equivalent of that, except I would argue it's even worse than that. And like it, you know, it's barely, I mean, it, it's being discussed on like Twitter and stuff, but I think it's going to be like over after this basically, but well, um, they won the game. They yeah. Won the game, it which worse. Yeah. Winning, winning, uh, is a bomb for a lot of things. Well, I mean, think about it. Like the thumbs down controversy was a thing for the Mets. And then Javi Baez had that game where he was the big hero and then it went away. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, yeah. So this is like a very similar thing. Cause Alec Bohm ended up offensively contributing to them winning. So yeah. um, after Alec Bohm made all those, he made, they were all throwing errors. Like basically he can field the balls. It's just a question of like his throwing arm. He doesn't throw very accurately like across the diamond. So three different times he like threw the ball away um, and allowed the Mets to, you know, score a lot of runs that way, get the early lead. And he was seen, you know, on the, I think this was on the Phillies broadcast. Cause I don't remember seeing it on SNY, but on the Phillies broadcast, he like, uh, walked past. Was it Gene Segura or Didi Gregorius? I can't remember. I thought it was Didi. Didi yeah. Gregorius. Yeah, he was like walking past Didi Gregorius on the way back to the dugout, I guess, or like after one of the plays happened. And he can be like people read his lips, and basically he said, "I fucking hate this place," <laughs> as in Philadelphia, Citizens Bank Park. Which you know, same. <laughs> but <laughs> but also humans are going to relatable human in the in the moment, like exactly. the heat of the moment, and. Like, you know, whomst among us. <laughs> Seriously. Um, he might be the most well, relatable Philly right now. I mean, right? extremely relatable. I, <laughs> and uh, it got to the point where like, I mean, it was as, as Mets, as I have, like fellow Mets fans were saying, this is great content, but I feel bad. And that's basically yes. like how Even I felt. Keith watching. Hernandez was saying it too. He was like, it's clearly in his head. Yeah. I mean, cause he was, he was double tapping on throws and it was just, it was not pretty. He looked like he was going to cry. It made me feel. Yeah, he did. Um, But obviously, you know, now I'm sure I'm sure he's uh, uh, like, you know, he feels better now because the Phillies won. So who cares? Mm. But, you know, he 
to Alec Bohm's credit, he like in, after the game, you know, he um he owned up to it and like which was funny to me because like I was kind of like, oh, you know, why didn't you just lie? <laughs> and be like, oh, no, no, no. It was I fucking hate these plays. <laughs> like it's it would have been very easy for him to just lie, but he didn't to his credit. I, he I like I was gonna say I like that he didn't. Um and he said, like Stand I said move. it. It was the heat of the moment. I'm really sorry. Like, I don't, I don't mean it. Like, I, I really love oh, playing he fans. <laughs> I know, I, I, he meant it. But he said he didn't mean it. And he was like, you know, I know the fans just want to win. Uh, you know, it was just a heat of the moment thing. And I think that people like, you know, even, I think the Phillies fans like respected him for that. So, you know, it's, it's a controversy that's probably going to go away, especially because the Phillies ended up winning the game. Uh, because the Mets melt a bullpen complete meltdown in the second half of the game in the eighth inning again. The eighth inning has been very doom, which is why I'm nervous because the eighth inning of this game today is yet to happen. It's not yet happened. <laughs> well, it's it's not yet happened. Diaz was also on the bereavement list. So yeah, yeah. That, that kind of threw things off too. That didn't help with all the bullpen issues. Uh, you know, obviously Buck has made some questionable bullpen choices, but Edwin Diaz was unavailable. Um, on Sunday and also, also last night. And so, um, you know, obviously Trevor may had his early exit, but Seth Lugo was absolutely dreadful, um, and had a bad day. And I don't know, like, obviously like one cannot draw any conclusions in April about much of anything. Um, I don't know if Seth Lugo isn't good anymore as a Seth Lugo defender. I would feel sad about that. Um, but I think it, what it does say, I don't think it says anything necessarily about Seth Lugo, but I think what it does say is that the Mets should have done more to, you know, bolster this bullpen and they didn't. Yeah. And we all knew that we all we knew all that knew that it. was good. That was going to be a weakness going in. And they just like, were like, uh Oh, we need a lefty. Let's randomly trade for somebody quick. And Joely Rodriguez also pitched poorly in that game. Yeah. And the Yankees were already concerned about a drop in velocity over spring. So they traded for somebody who the Yankees were already concerned about. Yep. It's like, and we were, I, I know I, I can already hear people screaming in response. He's on the IL, so it wouldn't have mattered. But like, we were begging the Mets to sign Andrew Chafin. And I yeah. know that he's on the IL. Uh, so, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah. But like, we were- Still. Begging the Mets to sign Andrew Chafin. I would. I was begging the Mets to even sign like Tony Watson. Like that would have been better yeah. than what it, than trading for Joely Rodriguez. Like and trading away Miguel Castro, who could have been oh, good against lefty. Yeah. What the heck was? <coughs> what the heck? I'm sorry. Woo. Excuse me. So Miguel Castro like, had one of the best ERAs against lefties last year. I know. It just makes no. You sense didn't to me. need to trade for a lefty. Just, just a just a goof move all around. It just makes no sense. Front. And now you have dudes Ugh. like, and now you have <clears throat> dudes like Rodriguez who, you know, is, is good against lefties, but should literally never face a righty. Um, and you have He's him, a loogie in a world where there's no loogies anymore. Exactly. You have him when there's a three batter minimum. And it's just like, I don't know, man. It's the bullpen's already looking like a, a crack in this, uh, and I mean, you know, not to the offense has looked 
pretty good, but not to bail them out entirely. They should have scored more runs against literally Eric Fetty and, you know, literally Ranger Suarez, like, and literally the Phillies bullpen. That was the other issue is he left Cano and Nimmo in to face lefties when you had J.D. Davis on the bench. Yeah. Dumb. J.D. Davis had over 400 average pinch hitting last year. This is kind of his thing. Yeah. And it's like, if you aren't, if you aren't pinch hitting JD Davis in those situations, like what's he on the team for? Like that's literally his role. And you are like taking away what little role he has. Like that's his, should be his role. I mean, I think it's like, part of it is that you have a DH league now, like everybody is the DH and you pinch hit a lot less in DH leagues because you're not pinch hitting for the pitcher anymore when, you know, when you're taking him out. So like, you know, that is part of it, but it doesn't excuse it. You should still utilize your pitch hitters. You should still well, utilize your guys on the bench. Buck said then he was afraid, like, then the Nationals would counter with a righty. Who cares? JD yeah, against really. a righty is more successful than Cano against a lefty. Yeah, probably. Anything is more successful than Cano right now. I mean, he's just, Cano's clogging up the works. Yeah. Majorly. I, he's I playing wonder, way too much. Yeah, I wonder. Way too much. He's DHing when they're, when, other people can be DHing. It's just, it's, it's, it's not good. I wonder how long a, he keeps like playing all the time and B like, you know, absent that, I wonder how long he keeps like hitting like fifth in the lineup or fourth. Which is another, I mean, at best right now, he should be eighth or ninth. Yeah. Yep. At like, best, he should be eighth or ninth right you gotta now. Drop At him best. In you got to drop him in line. And, and like, the, he keeps, but keeps hitting Cano, like, fourth, fifth, whatever, and then McNeil eighth. And McNeil is, like, which is looking dumb, like McNeil again. dumbest. Yeah, I just, ugh. I get it. I get it. McNeil didn't have a good year last year, but he's, but he's that, looking like Jeff that's McNeil. that's an anomaly. And he should be hitting higher in the order. I'm not saying McNeil should be, like, leading off or anything. But he should be hitting, like, No, but higher. higher. And Cano mm. should be hitting lower and or not playing as much if at all. <laughs> like I get Cano had a good spring, but come on, he did have a good spring, but he didn't have any. He didn't show any power. He was just no, getting, he didn't. Like, he I had, mean, and that could. Oh, I was gonna say, and that could still be like leftover from whatever was in his his uh, bloodstream there, because I think doesn't that one last for over like a year afterward? Oh, I don't know, like the effects of it. I could be wrong. Possibly, but McNeil and Mark Tanner are the only ones doing anything really. But well, besides a grand slam of Pete, yeah, Pete's grand slam. Even the rest of the offense hasn't really like clicked. Eduardo Escobar's hit a few doubles. Um, Okay, and Lindor, Lindor's hitting well. Um, Yeah, he hit the home run. Yeah, he hit the home run, and he's hitting the ball hard. Um, I, I think that, I think the offense is doing, is, is doing solidly. I, but I still feel be, like you are playing way too much. Like the bench players playing are playing too much. way too much. Like yeah. it's a week. Playing. Why are you playing these bench players in? You started twice already, which yes. is too many times. And JD's only played once as DH as a starter and your played twice. And you wonder why you had no wall. I mean, Giorme did put on a defensive clinic in the second game, that played, was the- which is why he's here. Yeah, it's like his you defense. Offense that way. I mean, the dude can't hit. Yeah, like everybody keeps saying, "Oh, he'll come around. He'll hit. Prove it to me." I have not seen it. Yeah. See, I was seeing. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that the the offense is 
uh, average to below average right now. I mean, like, like right now they're sitting in a one nothing game. I mean, the Phillies offense is way better than them. I'm sorry. It is. Well, it is, but I mean, they're sitting in a one nothing game. That's exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, so so not, (laughs) but they should, they should do some damage against they, they should have done damage yesterday against the Phillies bullpen. And again, I was going to say Rangers. Um, and they should do some damage today against the Phillies bullpen. I highly recommend them actually starting to hit against the Phillies bullpen. But, you know, like really the early games of the national series, like they were punishing bad pitchers. They were, um, you know, so but also I, they wouldn't have scored yesterday if it weren't for bums defense. Yep. He yeah. takes those plays. They don't score. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm not yet super concerned it's, about it's, the offense. Yeah, it's, it's it's way too early to be concerned about anything like I start like I really start to worry about not worry but like actually take things seriously once they're like 30 games in that's yeah and I mean start, I, like, I am concerned about the bullpen but I was con- that that predates the yeah that's yeah that's I was already concerned. like a perpetual concern like right now it's I would say not been a concern right now I would say the offense is performing at about expectations, maybe slightly below the bullpen is performing below expectations and the rotation is performing above expectations oh, yes. given the DeGrom injury. Yes. Um, so, you know, and that's a, uh, right now they're three and two. So that's like, you know, a slightly above expectation, like, you know, slightly uh, above I'm, just, I'm just, but how I'm quickly just... could it, how it, it really kind of really should be five and oh. Right. And the, and I mean, the but. rotation situation is like one tweak away from being dire. <laughs> yes. Now, yes, that's that the is real true. issue. It's like they've performed well, but we're already at the edge of our depth and it's day five of the season. Like, that's the problem. Like, I mean, I mean part of that, part of that is just because of the shortened spring, I think. And I mean, the workloads clearly are being managed early on. I mean, Wheeler, I think Wheeler had an injury issue though in his spring training. So he didn't have like as much time to ramp up. Um, But I mean, he's not the only one that's being kept on a low pitch count. I think what McGill had how many pitches? 76 pitches. So he's also still kind of limited. So, I mean, he's not, he's not the only one. And I imagine I haven't really paid any attention to games outside of the NL East at this point, just due to time. But I imagine, but I imagine like other pitchers are, um, being kept to the, being played conservatively at this point. Well, it's like, like this is going to start happening across the league too. Yeah. After last year. I'm just tired. Like last year it was, oh, 2020 screwed everybody up. Oh, it's cold. Oh, the offense will get going when it warms up. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's the injuries. Oh, we'll just give us time. And they never got going. Like, well, I think, just... like for me, that's, that's just using the excuses for the Mets. But like this particular one, I think is a league wide issue because it affected the shortened spring affected everybody. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but at the same time, like you can't use excuses. I get that. Yeah, but it's also like, it's I have also no hope. <laughs> it's too so early down. to give up hope. Stop that! It's too early to give up hope. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think it's because there's no Jake there to give me my hope. Because at least you know when they were playing bad, you knew you still a Jake, and there's no Jake, and I'm not happy about that. <laughs> yeah, it's. Not I don't crazy. think any anybody is, but I do like what I have seen from Tyler McGill. 
thus far. I mean, he's just he's pitched just about as great as, as well as you could expect. Like the games. Yeah. I mean, it like they they won the first game he pitched and they are currently barely barely holding on to this one run lead they have now. And if they lose this game tonight, that won't have been Tyler McGill's fault. Like, and nope. there's nothing really to say that these things wouldn't have happened if Jake had started these games instead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's really he's not much of a result DeGrom's. that would have been different. But it's he's getting the joy in seeing Jake though. Like, yes. I mean, who doesn't? He is more he's, fun to watch pitch. Sure. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, Tyler McGill's been pretty fun to watch. Pitch, he's like ramped up his velocity. A shit I know that's that's the surprising thing but right is that now. A smart idea, like Jake did that it's last not. year, and uh, yeah, it's kind of so concerning. Well. It's like, oh, you yeah. see this dude who like ramped up his velocity and became elite. I want to do that, but then he got hurt. So is that really the best model for you to be following? I mean, to be fair. Um, and I'm not trying to like call out Jake here by any stretch of the imagination, but Tyler McGill is like six, seven and 250 pounds. Like it's a little bit more of a, you know, <laughs> a, a, specimen? a specimen, I guess, physically uh-huh. <laughs> as far as like, you know, th- the physical body, <laughs> like strength, Ooh, uh, la la. like, you Jake's know. more wiry. He is. He is. And obviously Jake's like a tall drink of water. Yes, yeah. he is. Uh, and obviously he can be elite and like he's a freak of nature and like it is what it is. But um, I, if I was like, you know, I'm less concerned about Tyler McGill's body breaking down trying to throw like 98 <laughs> than I am about Jake, I guess. Um, but it, it still it still is like, oh, maybe you should dial it back. But uh, but he well, like Jake you know, was also throwing 100, 101 and stuff. Yeah. And that's just Tyler that's said just... he wants to throw 100. No, he did. Dear Tyler, if you are listening to this this podcast, which I'm banking you're not, but just in case you are, don't do it. You have good stuff with the speed you're at right now. Today he threw a 92 mile an hour changeup. I saw it with my eyes and I was like, whoa. <laughs> anyway. Um, so but yeah, he's got stuff in his arsenal. I just think he's been gleaning so much information from the pitchers. I think he gleaned a lot from DeGrom last year. I think he's gleaning a lot, probably from Scherzer. I don't know. He's yeah, got, they he's said got some the, good role models to emulate. They said during the broadcast today that he's like, it, it, like, you know, in his quest to like ramp up his velocity a little more, he's learned to like use his legs more in his delivery, which is something that Jake does. Um, and other elite pitchers do. Um, and so like, I think that that's like been a big, uh, a big thing for him, a big change. Yeah. So well, I do think Hefner is a good, uh, pitching coach. Pitching coach. He's an excellent it seems like he knows coach, what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's another thing too. Like he was one of the first out of the dugout with Buck after Lindor got hit. Hefner <laughs> ready to throw oh. hands. Yeah. Was My like, God. Way to go have. <laughs> Yeah, I like half. I mean, I liked him when he was playing for the Mets too. It's it's too. A, it's, a, it's a shame that his arm blew out. Yeah. Ugh. Um, that sucked. I mean, go he ahead. was he was. Sorry. Go ahead. I mean, if he if he had stayed healthy, he would have been a very solid, above average, possibly elite starter. Because I think what was it, 2013 or 14? He was having a really elite season. I want to say it was 2013. Cause it was like Harvey was the star that year, but, but like Hafner was really like up there as well. I can't remember. I can't remember if it was 2013 or 2014, but like he had a really good year. That's all I remember. Yeah. 
Um, I don't. I mean, I could look it up. <laughs> it might have been twenty twelve. For some reason, twenty twelve is sticking out to me. I was. I'm just gonna say I was not watching regularly in twenty twelve, and I just really remember. Nor was doing I. Well that was during my like not dark period makes it sound yes that's not what i mean that was during my like my college years i didn't watch too many games because i was out of the viewing area and didn't have and didn't have mlb tv and was also colleging um which was the years which was like 2009 to 2013 um what was the year he was jeremy heffer let's see was the year he was really good i'm trying to find it because he wasn't 10 maybe not 2010 oh no what no 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 i'm wrong no no because he was only here in 2012 and 2013 huh i'm clearly misremembering things wow interesting huh yeah because i think yeah in 2014 is when he needed his second tommy john yeah he wasn't there with jake in 2014 no, no, he only threw 14 innings that year between like, and not like, you know, major league, not all the major league innings. Yeah. So it was just really 2012 and 2013. 2013. Huh. Yeah. Like I said, for some wow. reason, 12 stuck out to me. That's weird though. Like he was not as good as I remember. Oh my gosh. My memory. Memory. Drew Smith, back-to-back strikeouts. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hoskins um, and Didi, sit down, you jerks. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Going back to the bullpen just for like one minute, we were talking about this in Amazing Avenue Slack today, and I think it's like worth bringing up on the show just because like, you know, I think it's just like worth noting given the fact that the bullpen has kind of fallen apart a little bit already and it was something that we identified as an issue going in and I think a bit we can talk all day about like who they should have signed and obviously there are other guys I think they should have signed at least one more guy um rather than like trading for Joely Rodriguez at the last minute (laughs) um but like this isn't a problem if you develop relievers which the Mets have failed to do and the Mets seem to philosophically as an organization be opposed to giving like giving relievers big contracts, which is fine, I suppose, if you like view relievers as like a volatile asset or whatever, but then you have to be able to develop them. And the Mets have not consistently done that. So instead you just have like this bullpen that you have to sort of like rebuild every year out of like kind of like eh, middling guys. And it just doesn't work that well. (laughs) 
and you constantly just have to like build a bullpen out of free agents and you won't like go for, you know, and obviously like this is not a guy I want them to sign, but when you guys, I want them to sign, but when you won't go for like the haters and the Chapmans of the world, not those guys specifically, but you know what I mean? Like the elite Liam Hendricks, the like elite closers. I mean, we have Edwin Diaz, obviously, because we traded for him, but like when you won't sign those like big reliever contracts instead you just like end up with like you know two years of trevor may and like here and there like i'm not disparaging trevor may he's a good pitcher but like you know that's what you end up doing and they won't spend big money on the bullpen um and that's what they and did they couldn't even keep loop for god's sake exactly that's like, that's sign loop. they wouldn't that was that's the that was a bad thing they wouldn't bring back ago. loop because they didn't want to spend the money it's like you know, they just don't see that as a as a worthy investment, because obviously it's not that the Mets are now that they are owned by Steve Cohen. Wilpon Mets were a different story. But now that they're owned by Steve Cohen, they're obviously not philosophically opposed to spending money on free agents anymore. But it's it, I think that Sandy Alderson philosophically still sees the bullpen as like not the best like investment which is fine. But again, then you have to develop relievers and the Mets have not really done that. The only in, in the, we were talking about this again in a Mason Avenue slide in the past like decade, think about the, the relievers that the Mets have developed that have been good. It's basically been Jerry's familia in like the peak of his powers. He was very good reliever. Okay. They developed him fine. Seth Lugo, like, you know, who's like not as elite as Jerry's familia was in his peak, but you know, he was pretty good. Um, and still might be okay, Seth Lugo, and maybe, maybe Drew Smith, who they traded for. That's not enough. Other teams develop, close. like, two of those dudes, like, every year. Like, the Dodgers Does just, Does Henry like, Mejia count? I guess Henry Mejia counts, maybe? No. I don't know. I, I mean... He had the yes, chance to no. be good? He did. He was, he, I mean, he was good for a bit. Was yeah, I was gonna say we don't know if that was a but well, the, no. you know and so like when the Mets after their sort of like 2015 2016 like run of success uh such as it is uh they they like traded a bunch of guys Duda Granderson etc they traded those guys and they they brought back basically they brought back a village of relievers they tr- the, that was their that was their goal they were trying to trade for these like high upside relievers and that was like they were trying to build they were trying to do that they were trying to develop a bullpen internally by trading for these guys and stocking their system full of these like high upside relievers they successfully developed one of them Drew Smith that's it and Drew Smith isn't even, I mean, like, he might be good. He might be good, but he's he hasn't been healthy enough to really see for sure if he's going to be, like, consistently a guy. And so he's, like, a maybe still, and he's the only one that has had any success of that whole crop of relievers. Think about it. Jamie Callahan, Steven Nagosik, like, all that, all those guys that they traded Jacob for. Jacob Bream. <laughs> none of those guys were successful at the major league level. And so, like, they're Mm. just incapable of developing, like, that solid core of, like, two or three homegrown guys that can anchor the bullpen, and then you can sign, like, one or two free agents to supplement that. But instead, the Mets mostly have to just, like, build a bullpen out of free agents every year and don't want to spend big money to do that. 
So it's like you kind of have to do one or the other, either spend big money on the bullpen because you can't develop relievers or develop relievers. And the Mets just didn't neither of those. So instead, they usually have like kind of a middling bullpen. And that's kind of coming through again now. So can they this not is, this, develop this relievers or can they not like scout for relievers? I think both. both. <laughs> Probably it's both. But like this whole thing just is another reason why Sandy kind of needs to retire because think about it they got they got out scouted on on paul seawald they got out scouted on chris flexen i mean chris flexen's not early where he's a starter but you know like they got you know like they like paul seawald became good after he left the mets because somebody saw something in him that the mets didn't they fixed him yep yeah you know so it's just it that is that is frustrating but you know, hopefully going fo- forward, Epler will hopefully later the season, but like really like from the ground up next season, kind of start to put more emphasis on the bullpen. I hope so. It's, it's important. It is just important. a little bit. Just, I mean, we have a, a bad, tiny bit. We have a bad bullpen mixed with a bad manager. <laughs> I'm not a bad manager, but a bad bullpen manager. It's a, like a toxic mix. Yeah. And, and it's been, and it's been the norm. Yeah. For the Mets. It's been the norm. Yeah. Um, (sighs) Well, I mean, early, early days, Mets still have a winning record for now. (laughs) They're, they're, they're still winning this game in the top of the year. And they have a base runner. Nemo is on base after a walk. Um, You know, but it was just, it's less like, it's less that they're three and two and like drawing any conclusions from that. And more just like the two losses that they had should not have been losses and were excruciating. Yeah. Like, I would have rather, I mean, I don't know if I would rather this, but like, you know, it would have been less like concerning if they just like lost one of those games, like 10 to nothing or something. And it was like, whatever, throw away. like these things happen, which I'm sure they will lose games like that because every team does, even the best teams, even the Dodgers lose games by double digits. Sometimes it happens, but you know, these two losses were ones that they let get away. That should have been wins. And so they should have conceivably been five and zero right now, and that's what's annoying about it. Not not that they're three and two, that they should be five and zero. Um, however, that however, this happened early in the season again, maybe they'll learn from this pretty quickly. Hopefully, that's that that's the flip side of it happening early is hopefully they'll learn from it. Hopefully, um, but anyway, going around the majors uh, in the early going, there are some other news stories around. Um, I, I figured I'd start with things that I find awesome before we go into things that I find not awesome. Um, so things that I find awesome, the mic'd up umpires rules. I love it. <laughs> that's, that's so long overdue. It is. I it mean, is. It's, been, it's been the norm. I don't even watch football and I know it's been the norm in football for quite some time. Yeah. And it's, it's funny to- because- I barely watch football. Like I, the only football I watch is like, it's in the back, like Michael's watching it. And I happen to be in the same room while the jets are playing, but it's just funny because like, even with the like minimal amount of football I consume the first time I heard like a replay review, I still expected them to be like automatic first down. (laughs) (laughs) You have to Google in hockey. There's an, uh, there's a referee called Wes McCauley and when it's and they also announce this the 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 plays, so he'll ham it up like he'll be like the after review the conclusion is and then he'll wait so the crowd will be like ah oh, ah oh, 
And then he'll be like, we got a goal. <laughs> I need an umpire <laughs> to do this. so crazy. Like, I want an umpire to do that so bad. Like, after further review, we've concluded that it's a home run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the closest we got to something dramatic like that so far in the baseball season was the umpire wasn't exactly hamming it up, but like that Blue Jays game, like that was that's really the, at least that I've seen. Cause I haven't, it's not like I've like watched the highlights of every game, but that like made it to Twitter. Like there was like, that's like been the most decide like game deciding like uh replay review so far, but it was, it was really dramatic. Like it created a moment with the fans because they were like, they yeah. called it, they were like, and it's not and the, the crowds, like the crowd went absolutely nuts after they did the like review call. So it was like very fun. Um, yeah, like that's because review can be torturous. So if the umpires have some fun with it and create that moment with the fans, like it creates just another level. Because like again, like on a play that could end the game, it's like, well, this is dumb. You have to wait for like the call from an umpire yeah. to like decide the game. Like that's not exciting. You just want you know the game to be decided. But then if like you have an umpire out there hamming it up and you know creating more drama, it's you know it can it's be fun. entertaining. One of my favorite like non-baseball like sports videos of all time is that is is that uh that football uh referee I think he like I think it was in a college game or maybe even it was high school but he was just like personal foul he was giving him the business that one <laughs> <laughs> Oh oh in play runs in play runs Oh in play um, runs Um Lindor singled and got Nimmo in Oh yeah stuff we love to see folks Eighth um, inning, eighth inning, good things. And just for them to blow it in the bottom of the No, inning. stop no. that. No, no bad vibes. The, no bad vibes, Linda. No, <laughs> no bad vibes. Bad vibes. Don't, don't put that out in the universe, please. Um, so <laughs> I called it yesterday. I hate to say uh, it, I called it. <laughs> I know. Um, other, well, you're going to be wrong today. How's that? Okay, fine. <laughs> other, other awesome things, at least in my opinion. I thought that I think that the early uh, City Connect jerseys of this season have been great so far. Um, the Nationals ones with the cherry blossoms on them, chefs. I see how pretty those are. They're so, so good. This is, see, this is this is what's. I'm going to be the contrarian on this one. I loved the cherry blossom part of it, and I hated the rest of it. I don't like the font. I don't like the color. Oh, that it's gray. Uh, Oh, yeah, I love that. It's, it's I thought it could have been a little, like a little more contrasting to make the pink pop a little yes. more. That's why I like I mean, the dark it's... gray, but I guess the white also being there doesn't help that. But that's yeah. a, I, but I also pink... realized they have like the shadow of the cherry blossoms all over the uniform too. I love. Oh, see, that. I didn't. I didn't yeah, it wasn't a solid gray. I was like, oh, there's little cherry blossoms on it too. Yeah, and it's subtle, <laughs> see, which I, I like. See. Yeah. See, but to me, like to me, it was so subtle. I didn't even notice that. So I don't know. I, I love them. Like, honestly, if it wasn't literally the Washington Nationals NL East rival, I would have bought one of those jerseys. Oh, the um, hat, especially the hat. Was like, so I really pretty. wish the Washington Nationals were not in the NL East because obviously, although I, I mean, I do like it because I get to it means I get to see the Mets a lot. But like, you know, I don't get to root for the team in the city that I live in at all because I have to root against them, which I'm happy to do. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I will happily root against the Nationals at all times. Um, but like, you know, if it wasn't the case and the team that in the city that I lived in was not in the Mets division, like I would have bought one of those jerseys because it was just very DC to me and it made me happy. And I like the cherry blossoms. So I thought it was great uniform. That's been my favorite city connect by far. And then the Astros just 
unveiled theirs. Um, and I think theirs is excellent. Also, the like space city one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so it's, good. It's, it's good. I mean, I lo- I like the space city font, but I mean, yeah, and I'm like not. I just these are very I don't know gimmicky to me. So That's well. what the black jersey is to me. So no, yes, I agree. I like Ugh. I don't know I just I think the I knew the, you were gonna say that I think that the the like city connect idea is very fun and I really love it and it like brings like you know some freshness to the game and I really enjoy yeah. it I just feel like the designs have not been well executed until now <laughs> yeah um, the Marlins one is the only one I really liked from last year the yeah Marlins, that one was fine uh the rest of them I was kind of like eh. I mean now, some of them I was just like it, neutral on like I was like yeah this is fine whatever but some of them were big like big question bad. are the Yankees ever going to do it cuz I know, I thought about that they don't wear the pinstripes yeah I thought about that recently because someone said oh cuz someone was tweeting about like someone tweeted like a picture of like all the city connect jerseys so far and was like which one's your favorite so the Red Sox like, one was horrific I'm it sorry was, eh. <laughs> yeah I didn't really like that one but like people were talking about which ones were their favorite and then like obviously like a lot of people were saying that the Dodgers were their least favorite one because the Dodgers didn't really do anything to the uniform. They did the blue pants. No, they didn't. But otherwise, yeah. it was just the blue. But otherwise, it's like yeah. And it just said it's Los Dodgers thing. on it instead of Dodgers, which is you know fine. But like they didn't really do any creativity to it, so it got me think. That got me thinking because I was like, oh, the Dodgers didn't really change their uniforms at all, and I have a feeling that's what the Yankees would do if they had City Connect. Like, oh, we made the pinstripes two percent thicker. Change. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's what I'm imagining. Like the Yankee City connection. We're like four like, percent thicker, which symbolizes the four train. Yeah, like like you're gonna have to use a magnifying glass. Like we added a small logo, and you have to use like a magnifying glass to see it. Like, uh, like I can't even imagine what the Yankees are gonna do. There, I feel like they're not gonna do anything if radical gonna, yeah, if, if they gonna. do them at all. No. I feel Absolutely like if not. if anything, they'll do like kind of what their spring training uniforms are like, which is just like a na- the navy as the main color with like the white NY. Like they might do that, but I don't know if they even will do that. So uh, we'll see. We shall see. Um, so now we move on to baseball stories that I find not awesome, which is uh, we're it's it's time for our periodic owners being cheap douches segment, <laughs> um, because I feel like a lot of that has sort of cropped up in the past couple of days, like a lot of that discourse. Um, so first of all, like there's been several I mean, this isn't like inherently bad. I just feel like it's is sort of indicative of the fact that the CBA has like not gotten rid of this. Um, there have been several smaller market teams who have locked up their young players to like very cheap extensions. So we've got Miles Straw with Cleveland, JP Crawford with the Mariners, Key Brian Hayes with the Pirates. And it's like these are be like these are being praised like the like by you know by people. And it's kind of just like and and the key Brian Hayes one, especially, I remember them saying like, oh, this is the biggest contract the Pirates have like ever given out. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> like, that's <laughs> I don't know, like if that should be seen as a good thing to me, like good for each of these players individually. But like, it's still kind of a symptom of like, oh, we're going to lock these players up cheap while they're super young and like 
have them for way under market value during their like prime years, which is, you know, the smart like money ball thing to do. But again, not necessarily indicative of like a healthy labor market, I would say. Um, But meanwhile, you know, in the extension news, Aaron Judge, speaking of the Yankees, turned down a big extension from the (laughs) Yankees. um, And all of the details of what was offered were leaked. And actually just today, we found out that like ownership basically threatened him and told him like, if you don't accept this extension, we will leak the terms to the media and tell them that you turned this big amount of money down. Like they're using it as a tactic to turn the fan base against the player. That's what they're doing. And I mean, they were successful, I think pretty much because you should have seen Yankee fans on Twitter after like mm-hmm. the agreement wasn't reached between uh judge and the Yankees. Like so many people being like, he should have taken that. He doesn't care about the Yankees. Screw judge. I'm out on him and blah, blah, blah. Like how, how long was the contract? I can't, re- I remember how much it was. How long was it? Seven years. I think there was the rumor he wanted nine years. So I think it would have to have been less than that. And I mean, like, it's, you know, like the Yankees didn't like super duper lowball him, but he is theoretically worth more than that if he continues to produce at his current level. Yeah. It's just that he's taking a bet on himself that he will. And he's been fairly injury prone in his career. Um, but, you know, and now this- can't travel to Toronto. <laughs> 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 uh, cough, cough. There's that. But, you know, like. This is his decision to make. Like, you know, I I hate to say it. It's his decision to make. And if he, you know, you can think all you want that it was not a good choice, that it was too much of a risk, but he's betting on himself and that's his choice. And now the fans hate him because of this. Not loyal to the Yankees. I'm like, oh, how dare you betray the Yankees? I mean, I think it's a privilege to play for the Yankees. The other optics of this is that it's over $200 million right now. And just in in a time when we're seeing a lot of people economically struggling to see someone turn that much money down is just a little, I don't know. I get it, but also the Yankees it, are way richer than two hundred million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, like, they are. Then that then that money is just going right back into the owners into pockets. the owners' pockets. Yep. And so and, that, I mean, that I'm I'm just seeing it from that side. I'm not agreeing with it. I'm just seeing it from that side. And listen, I mean, like, and I'm just not just trying to be like a Mets fan shitting on the Yankees, although it is fun to have the shoe on the other foot for change. <laughs> but like the Yankees were the Yankees had by pretty much all accounts a very unsuccessful offseason. Like yes. they did not land any of the major shortstop free agents that they wanted. Um, you know, the Yankees were in a position to make a big splash at shortstop and there were lots of shortstops available. Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, lots of big names available in free agency and the Yankees got none of them. They also made a play for Freeman and didn't get him. Um, although there was a there was a quote. Like, it was funny because it was like, we never actually made an offer to Correa or Freeman. We just checked in on them. And it's like, that's not the comeback you think sure. it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
and I said something like, this is a, t- like, this is a tier below. We tried, this is like a, we thought about trying <laughs> like, <laughs> like the Mets always do the, we tried like, Oh, we, you know, we were talking and we, 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 we made an offer and you know, we just got outbid by someone else. The Yankees didn't even get that far. They just got a, like, we thought considered very strongly trying and decided not to. Um, <laughs> so it's just like the Yankees, like bad optics, like on the Yankees part. Uh, yeah. So, you know, um, and, and, you know, that like, we're mostly spending most of this segment crapping on the like tanking teams. Obviously the Yankees don't belong in that category. They're not tanking, but they're not being the Yankees. Um, the Mets are being the Yankees, which is kind of cool. Um, but the Mets are now being the new Mets. Yes. Please let's not compare ourselves to the Yankees. Those jerks. Yeah, true. The Mets are being the, the new Mets. The the New York Steve, police. Steve Cohen Mets. The new Steve Cohen the new, Mets. The new and improved Steve Cohen New York Metropolitans. The big bad dynasty Mets so bad that they had to introduce a new tax, a new tier mm. of the tax just for Steve Cohen. Yep. Um, but <sighs> you know, back to the tanking teams side of the equation. Um Something that came out the other day is that the Orioles invested $1.2 billion of taxpayer money into the revitalization of Camden Yards. Now, there was a lot of backlash about this on Twitter Um, because, you know, again, optics of it are bad, right? Like you're not spending any money on your baseball club, but you're taking $1.2 billion of public funds and using it to like beautify your stadium, which is already a nice stadium. Like it's not like... It needs refurbishing. Um, but the the Inner Harbor neighborhood, I only know this because I lived in Baltimore for a long time, but the Inner Harbor neighborhood desperately where, where Camden Yards is situated desperately needs the economic stimulus due to the pandemic. Um, but, you know, the optics of it, again, for a tanking team to use a ton of taxpayer money on the stadium and, you know, not spend money on the, on the making the players, you know, making your team roster better is not good. It's bad optics. It really is. Um, and this is coming after the heels of the Orioles, like basically right before the season trading two of their best relievers for scraps. And then Mike Elias, the GM giving a really terrible quote, um, about like, the starting pitchers that they have on their team, like the ones that are like, you know, the homegrown guys, like, like Bruce Zimmerman and Zach Louther and those type of guys about how those guys need to quote step up as if like he himself is not responsible for their development and for this roster. (laughs) Like, come on, man. That was just like, that made me so mad when I saw it. It's like Harvey now step ups. I'm glad Harvey, even if it's a minor league deal, um, I I don't know what's going to go on with the suspension there. And oh, before I continue with that comment, we have had in the eighth inning, a one, two, three, bottom of the eighth, Drew Smith, my friends. We had Linda. Who pitched? Drew Smith. Drew Smith, still. I think he pitched a seven. He pitched both. He pitched both. Oh, yes. Ho, ho, ho. He got through. He got through the and eighth. He got through. He got so, through the dreaded eighth. I mean, obviously, disaster. We still is have still the strike in the ninth, but presumably, Edwin needed, but, but we, we've broken Alexa. that pattern of the past two games. So, Alexa, but anyway, please go, play go, Narco. Please play know, Narco. Right? Um, get the trumpets out, my God! Oh, please get the um, trumpets out. But going back to Matt Harvey for a second, I'm glad they signed. He signed to a minor league deal, but I don't 
what's going on with his suspension? That's only going to kick in if he's promoted, right? Yeah, I guess. And I don't know. I don't think they ever officially said he was suspended. They never did. And so I don't know what's happening with that. Um, I don't think anybody does. Yeah. Because I know they said it was a potential of 60 games. Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah. It is possible. Possible MLB suspension looms. Yeah, like they haven't they haven't handed it down yet. And I think they are only handed down if he's on the major league roster. Um, so I don't he's know. He's able to appeal it anyway. So yes. Uh, we'll see. Um and we shall Lord see. knows the Orioles, uh, he might make the Orioles at some point. Um yeah. if he can show that he like still has it, I guess, after that, like, you know, after not having the spring training. Uh so he he needs some yeah. time to ramp up anyway um it's so weird to see jerry's familia's name as a philly i was like oh my god they're putting familia in and i realized he's on the phillies now it's very weird to see him in a phillies uniform for sure yeah it, it's I mean, kind it's of still, it's bizarre it's, to me it's still weird to see zach wheeler in a phillies uniform yeah i'm not used to that yet either. yeah but and i think um, what he's on year four of that contract three or four there's three three i think i don't know um so the only the the last thing i'll say about tanking and then i'll shut up about tanking but it makes me mad um is that there was a i think it was i don't think it was the owner i think it was his son of the reds um gave also gave like a really terrible quote um in a radio interview um, I think it was today, or at least the, you know, the, the, tri- the audio of the interview was tweeted today. I think it was this morning. Um, he basically like, he was asked like, how would you respond to fans who are, you know, unhappy with the lack of success that the team has had, you know, recently. And he basically like, he, he was really condescending and mocking about it. And he was almost like, well, what are you going to do? Stop being a Reds fan? Like, meh. And I was like, what the hell? (laughs) This dude's such a craven asshole. Like, all these people (sighs) are the worst. (laughs) Like, basically, he said, like, he doesn't care what fans think because they have no choice but to root for the Reds. And if they don't root for the Reds and they start leaving, then the team will just move somewhere else. And I was like, oh, charming. These are such entitled assholes. And it's just so depressing. I mean, that makes me in a way like I, 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 we know my issues. Everybody knows my issues with Steve Cohen, but I'm still very happy that he is actually a baseball fan and that he's actually a Mets fan. Right. Um, so he cares. He does care about this team beyond it being a business. I think that's my perception. I could be wrong. But I that's think my that's perception. true. I think that's true. I mean, obviously he it is a business for him, but he, he also is a fan. Yes. Yes. Um, and he always cares. Unlike the Will Pines who cared more about the Dodgers than the Mets. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a refreshing change in that way you do. Yeah. And he'll and get into it with fans. He'll he'll get into it with fans on Twitter, which is kind of like he's a part of Mets Twitter in a way, in that way. That's yeah. Funny. So it's kind of I just felt like that <laughs> quote was just like so so like ugly. It's ugly an and ugly revelatory in, in their attitude. Like they do not care. Like most owners, ownership groups do not Don't give care a crap about the fans. No. And they basically no. are like daring us. Like we're going to suck on purpose. What are you going to do about it? There's nothing you can do about it. 
you'll keep rooting for us. Won't you? You have no choice. Like, what are you going to do? There's not going to be a team here. If you don't come to the stadium, we'll just move the team somewhere else. And it's just like, you know, most of the time, like that's the quiet part, but he just said the quiet part out loud. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah. yeah, just another ugly, ugly side of the game that nobody's doing anything about because Manfred doesn't care. <laughs> right. Manfred and- actively makes this sport worse. Oh, no, but he gave everybody headphones, Kellyanne. Oh, please. So sweet. Bose headphones. He gave everyone Bose headphones. <laughs> <laughs> was I mean, so I, thoughtful. I was going to say, I love Bose headphones. I'm wearing some right now, but good God. But like I'm st- I tweeted this on Twitter. Like to me, it's kind of like a dig. Like, like you guys need to like listen more. <laughs> oh and I think it's another like, like it was kind of passive aggressive. And I mean, it is like a what are you gonna do about it? Like it's the same attitude. Like, what are you gonna do about it? Yeah. Ugh. Um, but you know, so I-, I just wanted to highlight those things because I think they're just like indicative of the fact that just because we have a new CBA doesn't mean that teams aren't tanking anymore. They still are. And they still don't care. <laughs> still needs to be. And they're uh, being open about not caring. Being as long very as they make their money. It. See, that's the other thing. Like all these streaming services are making it so much harder for the fans to watch a damn game. Yep. And they're saying it's about making the, the game more prop- accessible though. Yeah. So they're, they're just, the MLB is getting these lucrative deals, making it harder for fans. And that's just another example that they don't care. The fans are like the least on the priority list. Like we're, we're way down below. Max Scherzer's literal Mets debut was on Apple TV. Yep. I didn't (laughs) watch. Which, you know, Uh, I have mixed feelings because I, I agree with Linda about the streaming services. I mean, it's more that they're like, it's more about the exclusivity of it, right? Like the idea of putting games on streaming services is a good idea for making it more accessible to more people, but they're making it exclusive to the streaming service. So people like me who pay for MLB TV, it's like, what am I paying for this service for? If I need other streaming services to watch, watch some of the games, I'm already blacked out of nationals games. So now I need all these other streaming services, Apple TV, Peacock, like that's a slap in the face to people who pay for your streaming service. Yeah, and yes. like do both. And Why that, can't they do both? Do both. And the the other thing with that is that they haven't had a consistent stream. Like they did Facebook a couple years ago, yeah, then Facebook they did YouTube, Live. and then they did it was Peacock, and then it's Apple TV. And it's like pick one and stick with it for a little bit too. And I mean, YouTube is probably the most accessible of the four that I just mentioned because you don't need a login. You need to log in with Peacock. You need to log in with Apple TV, which frustrated a lot. I know it frustrated a lot of commenters on Amazing Avenue who avoid Apple because people do avoid Apple intentionally. Me, they right have- here. Oh, I refuse. <laughs> darn it. And I was going to say, Linda needs to get iMessage. We need to get her an Apple <laughs> <Nope>. device. Refuse. <laughs> so, but you had to have an Apple ID to sign to sign in and watch that game. 
Yep. Which so is, that's and that's I refuse. Dumb. I don't care who's pitching. I don't care and, that it was Max Scherzer. And gonna, I got my principles, damn they're it. They're gonna try and make you get a subscription. Yep. And it's just bad all around. Yeah, it's it's not good. And like, but you know, I said I had mixed feelings. The positive part about it is that and here's what's annoying is that like they're putting these games on these streaming services that no one like way less people are watching, but then like but their the broadcast booth was had two women in it, which is like well, really I hear cool. they were really really bad. I, I mean, like <laughs> they I were don't not. Think, good. I they heard great. mixed things. I heard like good things and but mostly bad things. I don't know. I didn't watch it because I was at the game, thankfully, so I didn't have to miss it because well, I was there. Part so. of it was just like they were not watching or commentating on the game at points. They were kind of doing their own little banter that wasn't even related to baseball. Somebody said it was basically a podcast during a baseball game. Yeah. Yeah. Which, to be fair, Chris, if, Chris if Young, I did a baseball that game, Chris Young, that would I was, be what I, I was shocked how, like, not great he was. Yeah. I don't know. I get it was their first time, but, like. But also what pisses me off too is like, the, um, <laughs> I hit the wrong thing. Um, like the Rangers, the ESPN uh, is doing hockey games this year. So what they um, were trying is they put it on Hulu. So uh, what I do is when this time of year, when the Rangers and Mets are playing, I flip. But since the Rangers were on, were on Hulu one game, the game that they could freaking clinch the playoffs and it was Mets opening day. I had a pick because I can't flip when I log into an app. So I'm like, I got to watch Mets opening day because I was live tweeting the game. So I like, I, I can't. So I missed the freaking game. I missed the Ranger game because you have to log in on your smart TV and then you're inside the app, and then I can't flip to the Met game. So it's like you're kind of like you're stuck once you make the decision to watch the damn game. The answer, Linda, is yeah. to obviously have a wall of TVs. I know. Like, <laughs> I don't want to watch the Rangers on my cell phone and have the Mets on the TV or like on my computer. I'm like, you need it's so complicated. I mean, you need a woman cave in your house where I you do. have a, a she wall shed. of TVs. A, a she shed. shed. A she shed. <laughs> the wall of TVs, and one is for the Rangers, <laughs> and one is for the Mets. And what are we gonna do when Rangers are in the playoffs? I can't be doing this. <laughs> I, oh my god! I don't know. You'll have to bark up someone else's tree on that. I can only yeah. care about one sport at a time. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna be my she shed. I don't have the emotional bandwidth to pour myself into anything except the stupid Mets. So I. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, we will end the show like we always do with walk off wins, where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Kellyanne Healy, what is your walk off win for this week? Oh, good God. I don't even know. Um, oh, I, this is actually nothing to do with me. It's just observing things at my library. And since we have people back in the library and we're having the early childhood programs again, I am, I have now seen in the past like month, three different friendships form between the children and between their their parents and I just I love seeing friendships form because of programs and activities at the library that's my walk-off win that's great <laughs> go library friendship great feeling yes and just kind of like watching them like playing together and <laughs> talking to each other it's great it's great yeah like I get to wouldn't have met otherwise it's so sweet 
Yes. Oh, and happy birthday to a certain podcast dad's child. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes. Happy, happy birthday. I hope you have a wonderful day. Yes, podcast dad's uh, daughter. It's her birthday today. So happy birthday. Um, Linda Servich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Like like I just said, the damn Rangers are in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I can't exciting. do this again. <laughs> like, it's been a couple of years since they've been in the playoffs. I think, when was the last time? 2017, I think, was the last time they were in the playoffs, I think. Because then they were in the bubble, but it didn't really count because it was a play-in, so it was kind of the playoffs, but not technically the playoffs in 2020. But whatever, I still call it the playoffs. But um. But yeah, oh man, I really miss that. Like, I really don't know how I'm going to survive. I, I don't, I don't know because well, I, I just remember that feeling of like being close to vomiting all day, knowing that oh they're playing that night, not being able to focus the work, because you know, they're playing that night. And because it's the Rangers, they never make it easy. So they always like, it's always a two to one game and you want to die by the game. <laughs> but it really is fun. <laughs> Well, it's, like, it's it sounds like it's a Mets game. It's not it's not a game if it doesn't take ten years off your life or Ugh. or um, destroy your liver. I, yep. I really don't know how I survived their playoff runs. I really don't because every game was two to one, <laughs> and like it was always a mad scramble in the third period with like two minutes left, and like they would just completely fall apart, and Lundqvist would have to save them. But um, yeah, so yay. And then what I do like too is like. Um, Lenox Hill Hospital would like put all the new babies in like welcome to Rangers Town onesies and like um, like the lights outside Madison Square Garden would like flash when they scored and like the Empire State Building would be in like red and blue and like the the lights would flash into their goal songs so, like 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 I just I missed like the whole city just like rallying around them and like that feeling of like oh yeah like wait the city can root for one team like this is kind of fun um because the islanders are not in the city so take that islanders um <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I love I just love that like them like the city letting them know like hey the Rangers are playing tonight and it's you know and like everybody knows when they score a goal because then the lights start flashing and I just I just like miss that so much and um yeah they're they got a lot of kids so it'll be interesting how the kids relax react to being in the playoffs for the first time so the kids can't even drink yet and they're in the playoffs um and it's weird to me because when they clinch, it's just like, oh, yay, we won. Cool. We're in the playoffs. And But there's like no champagne. Like when baseball, they're Wah! They destroy a clubhouse. Yeah, they destroy the clubhouse. Champagne everywhere. And that is the proper yeah. way, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> like stick taps all around. Yay. And then they're like, well, we got a game tomorrow. Whatever. <laughs> so it's like, it's so weird. Like the difference between the two sports. Like, I think baseball is like the only one that like truly like is goes bananas. Like, yeah. It goes bananas with the champagne. And, um, but still like, you know, so in the next coming weeks, like I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to be like drinking a lot. <laughs> yeah. And just like, pace dying? yourself don't die yeah <laughs> like i have don't to grab my third purr from home because my routine when they were in the playoffs when i still lived at home was like this giant stuff sir purr 
And like, if it's just for the World Series and the playoffs too, for the Mets too, like I would just sit under my bed, like hugging this giant serper, rocking back and forth. Like, <laughs> on the oh my gosh. I mean, I was like, a mess in the 2015 playoffs. So I <clears> yeah. So that poor serper has seen a lot. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's tradition now. I need to like bring my server over and hopefully like not die. And yeah. So yeah. You, if you hear like a loud screech in a couple of weeks, it's probably me. So just to just ignore, especially if we're podcasting and they're on, like I'm just warning you now. Well, <laughs> there might speak- be screeching. God says speaking of screeching. Not good screeching at the moment. We are in the bottom of the ninth inning. Kyle Schwarber has struck out, but JT Realmoto has gotten a single. So we have one out, the tying run at the plate, and that tying run is Bryce Harper. I'm not excited. I'm not gonna I'm gonna talk about my walk-off win instead. I'm not gonna yes, please please talk do about your walk-off win. Um and if I if I happen to scream and cry in the middle of it, I'm sorry. <laughs> as, as I alluded to um, earlier, my walk-off win is that I went to Max Scherzer's debut at Nationals Park, uh, and Woo! it was great. Um, it, I was so happy because, I mean, for a while, it looked like it wasn't even going to happen because Jake got hurt, so we weren't going to, we weren't sure if like Scherzer was going to get moved to Opening Day, and then I had tickets to the wrong game, um, or if or Scherzer had that hamstring thing, so we weren't sure if he was going to pitch his first game at all. But then everything lined up and he pitched and he pitched pretty well and the Mets won the game, even though there was a rain delay. Um, and I got to scream at the nationals for hitting our guys. Um, and it was just, it was really, it was really a great day at the ballpark. And I was just very happy uh, that I got to see Scherzer's first game as a Met. Did anybody so- say anything about your Jersey? No one said, Oh, on the Metro, on the Metro there, Someone said to a Nationals fan said to me, uh, I like the guy on your jersey, but I can't root for him today, which was which was, uh, I was like, I respect that. that's I respect fair. That. Yeah, um, I, I did get that. compliments I, from yeah. I did get compliments uh, from Mets fans and Nationals fans alike on my T-shirt under my jersey, which was my Manfred sucks T-shirt. <laughs> which is yeah. something that all baseball fans can agree. On. I was going to say, I think that's a universal feeling in baseball. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Amongst baseball fans. That's like yep, the one uniting say. thing, I think. That's like and that's the what, one... and that's why I wore it to that game because I was like, well, I'm in enemy territory, but I can be like, you know, I can reach an olive branch across and say, Hey, look, Manfred sucks. We can agree on that, right? Um, so yeah, that was that was my walk-off win. It was a great day at the ballpark. Mets W. Love it. Um, oh, that's good. That's so good. So was it just all meth fans at the end? Because that's oh, what yeah, they basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cause, cause oh, yeah. Because because there were people screaming, let's go Mets. And everybody was like hearing it. And I was like wondering, hmm, maybe that's Michael and Allison. Yeah. Yeah. We Bryce Harper them. struck out swinging. OK, one out left. We can do this. Yes. We can do this. We can do this. Um, oh, I don't know. On a swinging narco. strike. Blue on a 91 mile an hour slider, too. Oof. Cool. Um. We, yeah, we were, we, we stayed till the end. Um, and by the end it was basically all Mets fans. And like, it was like not that many people at all, like 90% of the people left. Cause the rain delay was in like the ninth inning. So most people were gone, but that we were still there. A, oh. Um, and it was great. That rain delay was so stupid. It was stupid, but you know, it is yeah, like it they should have just called it. What difference would it have made? 
I don't know. I, well, I would imagine the Nationals were like, no, we don't want to call this game because we've been tormenting the Mets this entire game. Let's just torment them a little more. Yeah, well, they lost. <sighs> they um, lost. Ha, so ha, 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 ha. As, as we wait uneasily for Edwin Diaz to hopefully close out this game, um, <laughs> that's also for the show this he's week. Too, he's, <laughs> he's, too, he's two strikes away. Hopefully. Uh, cross, your, uh, cross your fingers, pray, do the do your victory dance, uh, you know, rain dancing, whatever, dancing. Yep. You know, go out, go outside three times and spit, turn around, you know, all the things. Just do all the things. Your, your shoulder, all that stuff. Uh, um, but yeah, in the meantime, you can go to AmazingAvenue.com, check out all of our fantastic content. We have game recaps every day for you guys. We have, oh my God, did something happen? I heard Gary say something loud. I can't, I can't concentrate on my- Oh no, no, no. Okay, in play, no out, but not in play, no out runs. Okay. Oh my God, okay. I can't deal with this. Uh, this is so stressful. I can't deal with this. You should go to amazingavenue.com. You can <laughs> and read all of our stuff. You can, you can follow Amazing like, on Twitter. Facebook. We're trying Instagram. to like extend this. We're trying to extend this out so we can give you the end of the game. At our Amazing live Avenue. <laughs> you can follow this show on Twitter at a pot of their own heavy breathing. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at Petit PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Surovich. Where are you, Kellyanne? You are in the Amazing Avenue comments. I am in the Amazing Avenue comments. I am not on Twitter. I am Kellyanne's, not anywhere except Goodreads and Amazing Avenue. Kellyanne's smarter than all of us because she's not on Twitter. <sighs> yep. <laughs> all right. I'm I'm going to watch the rest of this game and cry. Um, <laughs> you should. So are the rest of us. You should subscribe to the podcast wherever you find your podcast. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets! And don't forget, there is no crying.